0: All right, go ahead and take your Bibles tonight and open to the book of Matthew, chapter 28. Matthew, chapter 28. Again, I wonder how many times we sing a song without really thinking about the words. Um, if you think about that song, he says that we'll count everything but loss for Christ, right? Um, Everything but loss. And so many times, I think as Christians, we're not willing to count everything but loss. Uh, We still want to hang on to everything that that we enjoy. We want to hang on to all of those uh, temporal things instead of counting them loss for Jesus Christ and recognizing that those things, um, they're just just temporary. They're just temporary, right? Uh, Matthew chapter 28, and uh, last week we kind of started what we're looking at on Sunday nights for the next few weeks, Uh, about being a strong witness for the Lord Jesus Christ, being a strong witness. And in Matthew chapter 28, in verses 18 through 20, it says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. So, of course, Jesus is giving what we uh, would refer to as the Great Commission. Uh, The Great Commission is to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, to take the Word of God and uh, to take it to those who have never heard. And we were looking at this uh, last week. If we're really going to be fulfilling the Great Commission Uh, then we have to think eternal. Uh, We have to understand we are talking about eternity, right? Uh, We're not just talking about a short period of time. We're talking about eternity. We're talking about whether someone will spend eternity in heaven um, with the Lord Jesus Christ or whether they'll spend eternity in the lake of fire uh, in torment because they've uh, rejected Christ. And so we have to think eternal. We have to remember that heaven and hell are real. Uh, they are real places. Uh, we talked about that last week. Jesus speaks more about hell than he does about heaven, um, and gives us um, a very good glimpse into what uh, hell is like and the torment that is there. Because uh, both of those places are very real. We don't just a person just doesn't cease to exist after uh, they take their last breath. Uh, no, they're going to go into one of two places, heaven or hell. And, of course, we know the Bible says very clearly that Jesus is the only way of salvation. Uh, there's no other way for someone to be saved than through Jesus Christ. Um, and that's why uh, Jesus came, and he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And, uh, and so now as Jesus is getting ready to ascend into heaven, uh, he gives us this great commission, and we've kind of broken it down in kind of uh, really four different parts here. And the first part we looked at last week, and that is to go. We are to go, he says, right? Um, go, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. And then he says, go. Because we have the authority of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ has given us that authority. He tells us we now are able to go. Obviously, Jesus Christ is no longer physically here on the earth. And so we are to go and we are to be that witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. We have the authority, uh, but we also have the, the reason. Um, the reason is because they're not going to come to us right? Uh, People are not just going to come to us and say, hey, um, tell me how to be saved, right? Um, People are not beating down the doors of churches and just asking to come in and say, tell me how to be saved, right? Uh, Churches all over across uh, America this morning gave invitations just like we did. If you're you're not saved, if you want to know how to be saved, um, and many people chose not to accept Christ as their Savior, Right. So they're not just going to they're not going to come to us. And that's why he gives us that two little word to go. We have to go. Uh, We have to be willing to take the gospel to them. We have to be willing to go out uh, to where they are. In fact, he says we are to go out into the highways and hedges uh, and compel them to come in. We're to try to take the gospel to them. Right. And so we're to go. Uh, But then notice he says, He says, go ye therefore, and then he says, and teach all nations, teach all nations, right? And when we think of teaching all nations, this really is the second part of the Great Commission. The first part is to go, right? There is an action to it. We have to be willing to put feet to the action, right? We have to be willing to go, but then he says, and teach all nations, right? Let me ask you this. What would you say... And please don't answer out loud, right? What would you say is the purpose of your life? What is the purpose of your life? If you had 20 words or less to describe the purpose or to give a purpose statement for your life, what would it be? Would it be... I want to be a good dad, I want to be a good husband, Uh, you know, would it be, I want to be a hard worker, would it be, I want to be a good Christian, would it be, I want to be a faithful church member, I mean, think about it for a moment, if you had just uh, 20 words or less to give a purpose statement for your life, right, everybody knows what a purpose statement is, right, Right? all businesses, they have a purpose statement, it's all about what they are, right, who they are, right. Um, You know what would what would you say? What would you say the purpose statement for your life is? If I was to have you write it down right now, what is the purpose statement for your life? You know what's really sad is most people never thought about it. What is my purpose? Do you understand that the reason why many times the Great Commission is not being fulfilled is because we don't know what our purpose is? If you don't know what your purpose is, it's kind of hard to fulfill the purpose, right? 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 I mean, you look at all these big companies. If you were to go to their websites and things, you're going you're gonna to find a purpose statement. Sometimes it may be a little bit longer, sometimes a little bit shorter, but there's always a purpose statement there. There's a purpose statement, right? The purpose statement doesn't tell you what they do. The purpose statement tells you why they do it. What they do is very obvious, right? But why they do it is described in their purpose statement. So what is your purpose statement? What is your purpose? In Luke chapter 19, in verse number 10, Jesus gives us his purpose statement. This is Jesus' purpose statement. 20 words or less. Here we go. Ready? For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. That's his purpose statement. That's what Jesus says. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. What what is his purpose? His purpose is to, yes, he came to this earth, but, but why? Why did he come? You know, many of the young people tonight quoted 1 John 4.19, right? What was First John 4.19? Adults? Not kids. I know the kids, man. Those anybody? What was 1 John 4.19? We love him because he first loved us, right? We love him because he first loved us. We, we know that he came. We know that he loved us, but why? Well, he tells us this. This is the why. This is the purpose behind why he came, to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus didn't come just to live a good life and say, okay, uh, you know, this is my example. Go ahead and follow the example that I have lived. That's not why he came. Now, can we follow his example? Do we, can we follow what he, how he lived and know as a Christian how we are to live? Sure, yes, of course we can do that. But that's not the purpose in why he came. His purpose, he says, is to seek and to save that which was lost, right? That's what he tells us. When you, when you look at Jesus' life and ministry, you find that he's not telling us to do something that he was not willing to do himself. When you think about going, right? <laughs> if anybody went, it was Jesus. I mean, think about what he did. He left his home in heaven to come down to this earth for you and me. He went right he's telling us okay I did it you do it right he says go and then he says therefore and teach all nations Jesus had a desire to get the gospel Jesus had a desire to to show himself to others so that they might put their faith and trust in him Jesus was willing to go out of his way to rearrange his schedule to reach people with the gospel Look, I'm not saying it's wrong to have schedules. We all need schedules. But sometimes we get so consumed with our schedules that we fail to listen to the Holy Spirit of God in what our purpose is in reaching people with the gospel. We can get so consumed with a schedule and a routine that we don't even stop and, again, we don't think eternal. We don't think eternity. But Jesus was willing to go out of his way. Jesus was willing to rearrange his schedule to meet people with the gospel. You think about in John chapter 4, what did he do? He went out of his way to talk to the woman at the well, a Samaritan, a woman that the Jews would have no dealings with. In fact, she understood that. She's wondering why this Jew is even talking to her. But yet Jesus understood his purpose was to seek and to save that, was, that which was lost, and he knew there was going to be a woman there at this well that needed to know about Jesus Christ. And he was willing to go out of his way, to go through Samaria, which was not a normal route that a Jew would take, to go through Samaria, sit at this well, wait for this woman to come, and then to be able to speak to her and share the gospel with her. Why? Because his purpose was to seek and to save that which was lost. And then through her, because of her accepting Christ, then she went back to Samaria and she began to tell everybody that was there. And many came out and believed her and came out and listened to Jesus. He stays there several days. It wasn't just the, the few minutes, the hour or two that it the well. No, they compelled Jesus to say several days in Samaria. And many believe on Jesus Christ. Why? Because his purpose is to seek and to save that which was lost. In, John, in Mark chapter 10, he stops an entire crowd. This crowd that is thronging him, this crowd, I mean, everywhere Jesus went, there was multitudes that were following him, multitudes. And, and I, you know, I, 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 don't know that, I don't know that we in America can get an idea of a thronging crowd, per se, um, if, if you would go to a third world country and experience a thronging crowd, I, I think many times we would understand Scripture a little bit better, right? Um, you know, you see, you see crowds on TV and things like this, and, you know, people win a game and everybody j- runs onto the field, and it looks like a lot of people, and, and uh, there is a lot of people there, but that's, that's not a thronging crowd. I mean, when you think about these crowds that were following Jesus, they were, they were pressed so tightly together. I mean, it was, it was like, um, have, have you ever seen, uh, and I don't know how they do this, the, the spools, I think it's called a spool, a fish? Is it called a spool of fish? School, thank you, school, a spool. <laughs> a spool of fish, that's a new one. Yeah, a school of fish. Thank you. A school. Oh, my goodness. A school of fish, right? Or this uh, group of birds, you know, and, and they're like all together, and then it's like they move as one, right? I mean, they're just, it's, it's amazing how, how they do that, whether it's the fish, whether it's the birds. I mean, when you think about these crowds being so packed, I mean, you don't, you don't decide where you want to go in a crowd. The crowd decides. If everybody starts moving this way, guess what? You're moving that way because you're, you're packed so tightly, right? And, and you just, you're just moving along with this crowd because everybody's pushing in. Everybody's trying to get a little bit closer and, and hear a little bit better and see a little bit more. And so, I mean, it's just, it's just packed. And here this crowd is gathered around Jesus Christ, and they're, they're moving down this road. And all of a sudden, Jesus stops. He stops, and he hears someone. He hears this man sitting along the side of the road, shouting above the the, the noise of the crowd, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. I mean, there's a lot of people in this crowd and somehow Jesus hears the voice of this man and he stops the crowd. And even though other people are trying to tell this man to hush and be quiet, Jesus stops and he goes over to this man who was blind. His name was Blind Bartimaeus. And he asked him, what would you have of me? He said, that I might receive my sight. Jesus stops an entire crowd to take time for a blind man. He was willing to change his schedule he was willing to to go out of his way even to go to those who could not come to him a couple years ago i had the privilege of going to israel and um brother stone asked me to preach at a couple of places i got to preach on the sea of galilee which was an incredible experience and then the second place he asked me to preach was the pool of bethesda and uh you know i i was just Thrilled to be able to preach in Israel, period. But I was like, the pool of Bethesda. What am I supposed to preach at the pool of Bethesda? You know? And uh, and so, you know, I I knew where I was going to be preaching and things, and so I started doing some research and on those things. But just a, a fascinating passage. And, and again, think about this. We understand the pool of Bethesda, and Jesus comes to this the pool here and there were crippled people and lame people and people with diseases that, that would sit around this pool. And a certain time of year, the, the, the waters would stir. And they would think that by the waters being stirred by an angel, somehow, that if they could get into the water, they would be healed. And this crippled man has been here year after year after year after year after year. And Jesus sees him and he says, Would you like to be healed? And he says, sir, I have no one to get me to the water when it is stirred. There's nobody, I don't don't have anybody to help carry me or, or push me into the water so that I can be healed. By the time I get there, somebody else has already gotten in the water. And so year after year after year, he's been hoping for a miracle and it never has happened. And then Jesus comes to this man. Again, we understand nothing is done by chance with Jesus. Why this man? Why this man? This man didn't come to Jesus. Jesus came to him. You understand that? This man could not get to Jesus. He couldn't even crawl the the few feet that he needed to to get into the water when the waters were stirred. And Jesus knows, and, and of course, we understand that Jesus is 100% God and 100% man. And Jesus knows this man has such a desire to be healed, but yet there's nobody there. And Jesus comes to him, and he knows the desperation that he's in year after year after year. And he is thinking that there, it's hopeless. And Jesus says, what would you like? Would you like to be healed? Again, the man doesn't even understand what Jesus is asking. asking. Would you like to be healed? Well, sir, I I can't get to the water. Jesus didn't ask him if he needed help to the water. Jesus asked him if he wanted to be healed. He says, take up our bed and walk. And that man that had been crippled for years and years who could not get into the water stands up whole. Why? Because of Jesus' purpose. Jesus said he's come to seek and to save that which was lost. And what we find in Jesus' life and ministry is everything revolved around that purpose statement of Jesus Christ. Everything Everything in his life revolved around what he came to do, to seek and to save that which was lost. Why aren't churches, and I'm not talking about just any and every church. I'm talking about Bible-believing churches. Why aren't Bible-believing churches just packed out? Because we don't know what our purpose is. We have allowed the world to deceive us into thinking that our purpose is something else. Our purpose is not to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Our purpose is not to reach people with the gospel of Christ. Our purpose is to work a 40 hour week job. Our purpose is to get that next paycheck. Our purpose is to, to get that new vehicle. Our purpose is to get that new technology. Our purpose is to get whatever it is. No, friend, that's not our purpose. It shouldn't be our purpose. As a Christian, Jesus says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations. like what Hudson Taylor said. Hudson Taylor said, The Great Commission is not an option to be considered, It is a command to be obeyed. It's not an option. We just, well, do I want to, do I not want to? No, no, no. It is a command to be obeyed. Men like Paul, men like Hudson Taylor, others, were willing to be obedient to that commission. That became their purpose. Their purpose for their life was to tell people about Jesus Christ, to get the gospel to a lost and dying world. And in order to do that, we must be intentional. We must be intentional. If we don't purpose to do it, guess what? We won't. If we don't purpose to do it, we won't do it, right? This is why this last week I challenged, I challenged you to give out just one invite this past week. That was the challenge. Just take one of these invites and give it out right? And, and here's what happened, right? And I'm not, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands of who did it and who didn't do it. That's, it's not, that's not important, right? But here's what's really fascinating about this, right? I challenged you last week just to take one invite and give it out to somebody. Just one. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, we had more invites probably given out this past week than we have since the beginning of the year. I guarantee you, we've had more invites given out this past week than we have the whole month and a half already into this year. Why? Because there was a purpose. There was a challenge that was given. Just take one, right? Now, some of you, again, you know, you're just goody-goody two-shoes and you had to take more than one. Shame on you. No, I'm just kidding, right? No, of course not, you know? Um, but just take one. And, and, but because of the challenge, because there was, there was something put forth, you did it because you were challenged and you wanted to do it. Hey, I'm supposed to give out one invite this week. Look, I, I know I did, right? I, 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 got, to, um, I got to Saturday. I was like, man, I haven't, I haven't given out an invite. Now, there was a specific guy that I wanted to give one to. Um, every Saturday, um, well, most Saturdays, we have, a, we have men's prayer here. And, uh, I go and I get donuts really early in the morning. And, um, every time I usually go into Walmart, there's a gentleman that's, that the door greeter. And I've seen him there for several weeks. And the Lord just really laid on my heart, you need to give him an invite. Right. And so this whole week I was last week, I wanted to give it to him and he wasn't there. He just, he wasn't there. And I was like, Lord, I really want to give this guy an invite. And, um, I I was walking in, and I made sure that I had I had the track or the the invite with me, and uh, I I had a couple with me. And uh, as I was walking in, I saw he was coming from. The, the store coming into that, that area, the lobby area where the carts are and everything like that. And I'm like, great, he's going to be here. So when I leave, I'm going to give him an invite. So I went and I got the donuts and I checked out and I'm coming out and I'm like, Lord, make sure he's there. Lord, make sure he's there because I want to give him an invite. Lord, make sure he's there. I want to give him an invite. And I, I came around the corner and I was getting ready to walk out and I saw him talking to somebody. I saw him talking to somebody. And this was my first thought, right? And I'm, just, I'm just being open with you here, just being open with you. Okay? My first thought was, oh man, he's talking to somebody. I guess I won't be able to give it to him. And then I was like, stupid. What do you mean give him both one? I was like, oh yeah, I've got more than one, you know? But I mean that that was my first thought. My first thought when I saw this guy talking to the, another guy there, I was like, man, I really wanted to give this guy an invite, but now he's talking to somebody and you know, I'm like Hello, God gave you two people instead of one. But if we aren't intentional about it, right? Um, I've heard my dad say this many times. I don't know if it was original with him or if he stole it from somebody else, like all the other stuff that he does, but, um, you know. (laughs) He said, if you don't carry them, you have no intention of passing them out. You have no intention of giving out a gospel track or giving out an invite if you don't carry him with you, no intention, right? We have to be intentional about it, right? Again, you think about everything Jesus did was always around trying to witness to someone, whether it was the woman at the well, whether it was blind Bartimaeus, whether it was at the Pool of Bethesda, whether it was the Sermon on the Mount, whatever it was, everything Jesus did, it was, it was intentional and we have to be intentional if we're going to be obedient to the Great Commission. We can't just think, well, you know, one day I'll wake up and it's just going to be, boom, there, and I'll, be, I'll, I'll obey the Great Commission. No. No. It's something that we have to be conscious of every day. Every day, wherever we're around, whoever we're around, we ought to be conscious of, Lord, is, is there an opportunity that I could give the gospel to somebody? Is there somewhere I could give somebody a track or invite in the church or something? Um, I, I was at a, a flower shop, and uh, I was purchasing some flowers, and um, the, the lady uh, said, you know, who's it for? I said, well, it's, it's for First Baptist Church. There's uh, one of the elderly ladies in the church. We were getting some flowers for her, and, um, and I said, it's for First Baptist Church. She's like, um, is that, and she was looking it up in her system. She's like, is that on Maple Street? I was like, um, well, it was, but I said, now we're actually right across the street from you because it's the Eaton floor right over here. And I said, we're right across the street from you. She's like, oh yeah, I saw that a church moved in over there and I think the lady may have been new or something. And, uh, and so uh, I knew that I had an invite in my pocket. And I asked her, I said, you know, yeah. I said, we've just moved in over there. I said, by the way, do you go to church anywhere? And she's like, you know, actually I, I don't go anywhere. I said, well, you know where we are. I just told her, we're right across the street, right? We just moved in, right? I said, and I pulled it out of my pocket. I said, let me give this to you. I'd love to have you come and and visit us sometime at church. Now, you say, is she going to come? I have no idea. I hope she does. I hope the two guys that I I gave the invites to uh, come as well. I have no idea what God's going to do with that. But if we aren't intentional, they'll never receive one. If we're not intentional, they'll never get that gospel track. Nobody will ever talk to them. Nobody will ever speak to them, right? And and again, these are things, I mean, whether it's a flower shop or whether it's a, um, a, a grocery lady at Kroger or a Walmart or the gas station, whatever it is, we have so many opportunities to go and to teach and to give the gospel. There are so many opportunities, we just don't take advantage of them. We don't take advantage of it, right? And so we have to be intentional about it, right? Be intentional. Jesus planned specific times to go out. There are specific times that Jesus planned and he sent the disciples out, right? Um, we have specific times that, that we, go, we encourage people to come as a church um, to go out. And last year, we kind of changed it a little bit. Last year, we've been doing it on Saturdays. Last year, we changed it to Thursday evenings, and uh, it seemed to work really well. And we're going to be starting that back up again as uh, the weather gets a little bit better. But plan on coming out with us. Plan to go with us, right? Um, you say, well, I don't know what to say or whatever. That's all right. We always send people out together. We're never, we don't ever send people out alone. We'll always send you with somebody that, that knows what they're doing or whatever. But again, here, here's the thing, Right? I want to to teach you a very simple thing to say to people, okay? Everybody ready? If you have have one of these invites or a track or anything, I want to teach you a very, very simple thing to say to someone, okay? Everybody ready? You have to do it, okay? Say, hello. Come on, you're not all doing it. Come on. You have to say, hello. Hello. My name is... Don't say my name. Why would you say my name? No. My name is, and I would like to, come on, and I would like to give you an invite to come to our church. That was tough, wasn't it? Some of you it was. I'm like trying to pull teeth here getting some of you to say that. Oh, it's very simple. My name is Andrew, and I'd like to give you an invite to come to our church. And you just hand it to them. You say, what if they don't accept it? Then they don't accept it. If they don't accept it. They don't accept it. Or you could turn it into an airplane and throw it at them as you're leaving, you know, or something like that. No, But you have to be intentional, right? Again, it's, it's very simple to invite someone. Again, you don't have to have a, a doctorate in theology and a PhD and in, uh, you know, uh, ministerial things to be able to say, My name is, and I'd like to invite you to come to our church sometime. We just moved into a new building. Man, God's doing some great things. Come and visit us sometime. That's not hard to say. It's not hard at all, right? You say, Well, you know, I'm just, I'm just not that kind of person. Well, the question is, Jesus said, what? Two letter word? Go. Are we going to be obedient and go? Are we going to be obedient to the Great Commission and go and, and do what he says? Are we going to be intentional about it and try to, to witness and try to, to share Christ with them, right? We have to be intentional about it. Um, obviously, don't make those times that we go as a church the only time. Uh, we ought to be trying to reach people anytime right? Wherever we're at, we ought to be trying to reach people. So what are we to teach them? Because this is what he says, go ye therefore and teach all nations. So what are we to teach them? What are we to teach them? Now, it's really interesting. Did you notice in verse number 19 and verse number 20, he uses the word teach, both in verse 19 and verse number 20. He says, teaching all nations in verse number 19, and then verse number 20, teaching them to observe all things, right? So he uses the word teach here twice, okay? But the two words that are given here as teach actually have two different meanings. There's two different meanings to these words, teach. The word teach here, when he says teaching all nations or to teach all nations, it is the word to make a disciple, to make followers, or to be a pupil, right? Or to be a student, okay? So he's saying we are to go and we are to teach we are to make disciples in fact mark 16 15 the word that jesus uses there he says go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature right we're to preach the gospel we're to to teach them about jesus christ because we're trying to help make disciples not disciples of us we're not trying to get them to follow us we're trying to help them to be disciples of jesus christ and to follow jesus christ We're studying through the book of Ephesians. We just kind of started in the book of Ephesians. Go with me to Acts chapter 19. We looked at this last week as we looked at the the beginning of the church of Ephesus. I thought this fit in very well with what we're looking at. In Acts chapter 19, Paul comes to Ephesus, and in verse number 8, it says, And he went into the synagogue and spake boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. So Paul goes to Ephesus, he goes into the synagogue, and Luke, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, gives us two words here, right? He says, disputing and persuading. Disputing and persuading. And I, I got to thinking about that, if if. If it's just, if both words simply meant trying to tell people about Jesus, why would he use two different words? Disputing and persuading, right? Well, when you look up the meaning of these words, the word disputing means you're addressing people, right? It actually has the same idea as preaching. And think about where Paul is. He's in the synagogue. That's where a group of people are going to be gathered together. And what's he going to do? He's going to address them. He's going to preach to them, right? That's disputing, okay? But then he also says, and persuading. And this is, again, I really believe, obviously, God never makes a mistake in what he does, but the reason why Luke, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, uses both of these words is because there is a need for both. There is the preaching of the word of God, the addressing, the, that publicly preaching God's word, but then the word persuading has to do with to convincing to win over, right? You know the ble- best way to be able to convince and to win over someone is not when you're preaching and addressing a large crowd. You know when it is? When you're a smaller group or maybe one-on-one. When you're able to answer questions and you're able to go through something, um, that's why whenever um, we we didn't have, um, we would, in Uganda, we would have these groups that would come in and they would hold these large crusades and things like this. We didn't do a lot of that because we really felt like the best way to try to help people come to know Jesus Christ was more one-on-one. Now, of course, we did preach and we had churches and things like that, but it's, it's hard to convince someone, it's hard to really reason with someone when you're in a crowd of 50 or 100 or 200 or 500, right? Because, you know, you can be trying to talk to the question or whatever that this person has asked, and 50 other people trying and say, well, but this person over here says, well, this person says, and you're, it's going to be very difficult. But if you can be in a smaller group or one-on-one, it's going to be much easier to convince, it's going to be much easier to reason or to persuade them and help them to understand the truth of the gospel. And so, I can, I can imagine in the synagogue, Paul would stand up, and he would preach, and he would address all those people there, and then maybe, I don't know what time they would do this, maybe in the evening, or maybe when he wasn't addressing, there would be times when people would come to Paul, and just like they did with Jesus, and, and he would sit down with them and, and try to help them understand the scriptures and understand who Jesus Christ was, and on a, on a smaller, uh, more informal setting. That's that disputing and persuading. Yes, we need the, the preaching of the Word of God. We need uh, to go out and invite people to come into church. And, and they need to hear the gospel message being preached. But hey, can I tell you something? The best way for someone to come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior is for somebody in the church to say, hey, this person is a visitor or this person needs to be contacted. Let me go to their house and one-on-one be able to share the gospel with them and persuade them and help them to understand and answer their questions so that they can know who Jesus Christ is and put their faith in him. You see, a lot of times we just think, well, that's the preacher's job. He's the one that preaches. Yeah, Paul disputed and persuaded. He did both, right? Every one of us ought to be willing to persuade someone. In fact, Jesus tells us that. Knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Knowing what's going to happen, knowing what the future is, knowing that that the tribulation is coming and judgment is coming, what is he saying? We ought to persuade men. We ought to be trying to convince people to come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Disputing, persuading. But watch, again, this is what he says about the things concerning the kingdom of God. Paul wasn't trying to build his own little kingdom. Paul's purpose was to point them to Jesus Christ. Paul couldn't save them. Paul knew he couldn't save them. He was trying to make disciples. He was trying to make followers not of himself but of Jesus Christ. That's why when Paul writes to the church of Corinth who's having an issue with the leadership, they say, well, I'm of Paul, or I'm of Apollos, or I'm of Peter, or I'm of Jesus, you know, they're, well, you know, look at who we are, this, this person led me to the Lord, so Paul led me to the Lord, and well, Apollos led me to the Lord, well, Peter led me to the Lord, he said, look, it doesn't matter who led you to the Lord, none of us can save you, Peter can't save you, Apollos can't save you, I can't save you, that, that's not important, what's important is who saved you, that's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the only one who can save them. And that's what he says, hey, we're all, just pointing, we're all just pointing everybody to him. Peter's pointing people to Jesus. Apollo's pointing people to Jesus. I'm pointing people to Jesus, Paul says. That's what we ought to be doing is pointing people to Jesus Christ, helping to make disciples. That's what it means there. Go, ye therefore, and teach all nations. We're going out. We're trying to, to convince them. We're trying to persuade them to become followers of Jesus Christ, to accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. And we're not, please understand, when I say persuade and convince, we're not trying to, to trick anybody. We're not trying to, to come up with some, you know, way to, to make it, um, you know, we're not trying to deceive people in what we're doing. We, we want them to know the truth. We want them to know the truth. Even Paul says this, go with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. In 1 Thessalonians chapter number 2, As Paul is writing to the church here, he says in verse number three, for our exhortation was not of deceit, nor of uncleanness, nor in guile, right? He's saying, look, we didn't didn't try to to teach you the word of God deceitfully. We didn't try to, we weren't trying to, um, you know, trick you into something. We're very upfront with the truth. Look, we're going to tell you that Jesus Christ is the only way we're going to tell you the church can't save you we're going to tell you baptism can't save you we're not trying to trick anybody into this we're not trying to to have this easy believism one two three repeat after me type of thing. no no we're not about numbers we're not it's just well i had 25 people get saved this week well how, how'd they get saved well I, you know, I just i just prayed over a group and they got saved well that's not the way the bible says salvation is We're not about numbers. Yes, we want people to be saved, but we're not in a competition to see who can get the most people saved, right? You know, we're not having a six month competition. All right, if you can get 500 people saved, we're going to send you on a trip and you're going to enjoy. You're going to get to go on a cruise, right? And be like, oh, I'll sign up for that, right? No, we're not. It's not about. It's not a competition. Now, we ought to be willing to go and tell people about Jesus Christ no matter where we are, but it's not just, oh, hey, you know, I. I beat everybody else. I had 50 people saved this week, you know. What'd you do? Well, I, I went to a, you know, I don't know, grocery store, and there was a bunch of people there, and I just said, hey, do you want to get saved? Yeah, all right, pray this prayer. Well, that's, that's not salvation. And this is what Paul is saying. I didn't use guile. I didn't use trickery. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't being deceitful about this. We're not doing it to, to trick anyone. We want people to understand the truth. It's Jesus Christ and him alone, period. That's it. The church cannot save you. you can be a, look, you can be a part of First Baptist Church and still die and go to hell. The church can't save you. You can be baptized in First Baptist Church and still die and go to hell. Baptism can't save you. It's not about any of those things it's about Jesus Christ and we want to we want to be truthful about that right that's what Paul says but as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel even so we speak not as pleasing men but God which trieth our hearts he said look we have to stand accountable to God for what we say what we do right we want to make sure that people understand that it's through Jesus Christ and him alone (laughs) D.L. Moody D.L. Moody was criticized by a woman one time Uh, for his methods of trying to win people to Christ. And uh, Moody was very gracious to the woman. um, And he said, you know, he said, uh, he agreed with her. He said, I I don't like the way I do it either. Um, Tell me, ma'am, how do you do it? And the woman replied, I don't do it. Moody then said, then I like my way of doing it better than your way of not doing it. You know, it doesn't matter... Well, maybe I should step back and say it does matter, but it's not important how we do it. What is important is that we do it, right? Whether, you just, whether all you do is just take a track and, and an invite and give it to somebody and that's all you do, look, praise God for that. That's, that's something that God is going to use, right? Or whether you say, hey, you know, I just, I just love talking to people and I'll, I'll stop somebody and I'll talk to them for 20 minutes. Great, more power to you, right? Praise the Lord for that. Do it, right? Whatever, whatever it might be, but as long as we're going and as long as we're doing it, that's what's important, right? And again, everybody's, everybody's gonna, you know, everybody has different people they're going to be able to, to get the gospel to. Everybody has uh, a different circle that they're going to be uh, a part of that they're going to be able to share Christ with. Uh, I was reading the story of a man; he was a barber that got saved, and um, God just really began to give him a burden for uh, to share the gospel with people. And he, he, he wasn't a pastor. he's just a barber. And uh, he really wanted to be able to share Christ with people. And he just prayed, Lord, he said, you know, who can I share Christ with? And, and the first people that came to his mind, well, hey, how about the people that come into my business, my clients, right? And the people I cut hair and shave and things like this. And, uh, and so um, he was praying, Lord, he said, the next, the next day uh, when I open my shop, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share Jesus Christ with everybody that comes in. And so the next day, uh, a man came in, and he sat down, and uh, he was going to get his hair cut and shave and everything, and, and the barber, man, he was just really nervous. I mean, he'd never done this before, and uh, he was trying to think of what to say and how to start the conversation and everything, and uh, he just he just didn't know what, he didn't know what to do or say, and and so he was just going to give it his best shot. And so the man was sitting in his chair. He was kind of leaning back and waiting for, him for a shave. And, and the barber got the razor out, and he got about ready to shave him, got the knife right up to his throat, and he said, Are you ready to meet God? <laughs> I'm not saying you should do that, all right? probably shouldn't do that, okay? But what his desire was to, to tell people about Jesus Christ, to get the gospel out. The Bible says we are ambassadors for Jesus Christ. We are to be going. Again, that's what Mark 16, 15 says. We are to preach the gospel unto every creature. Are we going to be intentional about going? So again, I want to challenge you again this week, whether you did it or whether you didn't do it this past week. If you did it, praise the Lord. Man, think about what God could do with that. If you didn't do it, do it this week. I'm going to challenge you again this week. I want you to take one, one, that's it, one. We're going to have guys at the back of the auditorium. As you're leaving tonight, they're going to hand you one, okay? Now, of course, if you want to take more, we're not going to stop you, but I want you to just at least take one. And sometime this week, say, God, who could I give this to this week? Who could I give this to? Be intentional about it. Carry it with you, right? If you don't carry it with you, you're not going to give it out, okay? You've got to be intentional about it. And maybe it means, you know what, maybe, man, I my wife sent me to the grocery store and, and I'm in a hurry and, and I'm trying to get everything but there's just somebody that's right in front of me and maybe that's the person that God wants me to give that to and am I willing to rearrange my schedule? Am I willing to take a few more minutes of time and think about this person's eternity and say, hey, can I give you something? I'd just like to, just like to invite you to our church. I'd just like to have you come visit us sometime. I'd just like to give you this track tell you about the Lord Jesus Christ. That may, that may all be all it is. Maybe just be a five second, 10 seconds, that's all it is. But are we so inconvenienced that we can't even take 30 seconds out of our day to say, hey, can I give this to you? Can I invite you to church? Love to have you come visit us sometime. We're right next to McDonald's. Everybody knows where McDonald's is, right? I'll tell you what, if you come afterwards, we'll go over and I'll buy you a burger at McDonald's. Who's going to pass that up, right? You know? Be intentional about it, right? Go, he says. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Now, next week we're going to get more into what this message is because it's not just about giving an invite to somebody. We really do need to be able to try to share Jesus Christ with them. Now, how do we do that? We're going to talk more about that next week, and so I want you to come prepared for that. But again, are we going to be intentional? Being that strong witness for Jesus Christ, We've got to be willing to persuade people. Do you know somebody that's lost? you know somebody that doesn't know Christ as your Savior? Are you going to be willing to take the time to try to share Christ with them? You said, well, I've done it before, and they just won't listen. Will you do it again? Will you do it again? I would say, and again, please don't raise your hands tonight, but I would say most people in here tonight, that accepted Christ as their Savior, did not do it on the first time. They did not do it the first time they heard the gospel. I would dare say they probably didn't do it the second or third time. Most of us are pretty stubborn. We're hard-headed. has to be beaten into us. I know for me it took 20 years. 20 years. When I was 20 years of age when I accepted Christ as my Savior. I cannot tell you how many times I heard the gospel in those 20 years. A lot. A lot. So I've already told him. How about one more time? How about you just bathe it in prayer and say, God, please give me another opportunity to share the gospel. Why? Because we're talking about eternity. It's eternity. And we want to be obedient. To go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. We have to be intentional. Father, I pray, Lord, you'd help us. Lord, you've given us this great commission. Not an option, but a command. A command that is to be obeyed. And so, Father, I pray, Lord, that you would just work through our church. Lord, thank you for all of the invites that were given out this past week. The tracks that were given out. And Lord, we have no idea what you can do with those. But Lord, there might just be one person who stops and thinks about what they got, who never would have thought about that without somebody handing it to him. Lord, this week, I pray that the tracks and the invites that will be given out this week, Lord, that you would use in someone's life. Lord, we understand and we know you want them to come to know you more than anyone. Lord, your purpose was to seek and to save that which was lost. And may you help us to recognize and to realize that our purpose is to go. Our purpose is to tell others about Jesus Christ and to to invite people to come to know you to be disciples, to be followers of Jesus Christ, to help them to know Christ as their Savior. Lord, help us to be obedient. Help us to be a church that is obedient in carrying out the Great Commission, not just sending missionaries around the world, but, Lord, even right here, that we would be obedient to the cause of Jesus Christ. Father, would you help us? With her heads bowed and their eyes closed, would you stand quietly to your feet tonight? The piano's just going to begin playing softly. Maybe tonight, God's speaking to your heart. You haven't been as intentional as you know you should. Or maybe the Holy Spirit spoke to your heart about giving that invite to somebody and you just rejected it. You didn't do it. Look, friend, I know exactly how you feel. I've done that, unfortunately, so many times. But I don't want to do that. I want to be yielded to the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit says, hey, you ought to give that person an invite or a track, I want to make sure I'm ready. I want to have one with me. Will you be intentional in getting the gospel to those who've never heard? I just, I don't know if that works. What are you doing? What are you doing to get the gospel out? If you're not doing anything, then why don't you just try? Try taking one of these invites and giving it to somebody. Do something to get the gospel out. Our purpose, though we cannot save them, is to go and tell them, that's our purpose. Would you do that? Would you do that this week, be intentional about it? To go and invite someone, to tell somebody about Jesus.